So, boys, this is a long time coming. People have been asking about it. It's the uh, tribute pod to Rob Bruce. Yeah. Uh, Memorial pod. Memorial pod for Rob Bruce. Recorded a couple days, maybe a week after you know Rob passed away. I felt it was something that I think people would like to hear. I especially, you know, Brian Nichelle's, you know, coming, you know, raw and honest with how he felt about Robert. And I, I think it's something that they should be released, you know. And yeah. I think it was a nice, um, you know, a little, you know, conversation about Robert and how, you know, what what remembrance is good and bad. Yeah, honest and. Uh... And uh, I, I, I think you're right. I think that people expected to hear something after a friend of ours right. passed away beyond like, yeah, he died. Yeah, so, so this is this. Yeah, this is what it would have been. This is what it would have been. Well, you know, there's an intro by BQ. And again, you know, the very emotional of Brian Michelle. And we hope you enjoy it. Hello, everybody. My name is Brian Quinn. You may know me from the hit show. Tell him, Steve, Dave. I'm here to introduce this special tribute episode to the man, the myth, the legend, Rob Bruce. I didn't know Rob as well as the other guys did, but I did know him a little bit. Got to hang out with him a few times when he was on Tell Him Steve Dave and every time that I was on Comic Book Men. But more than that, like sometimes I would just see him walking the streets of Red Bank and stop to talk to him a little bit. And I have to say, like, Rob always seemed happy to see me and I was always happy to see Rob and I like to... You know, just talk to him about the things that I really like to talk to him about. You know, comics and movies and toys. He was so big on toys and stuff like that. And more than once, I would get a toy or or find some little fact about something online and be like, man, I, I, I can't wait to see Rob Bruce and talk to him about this and get his opinion on it. And I would do that. And sure enough, he would deliver me some sort of knowledge and insight that I didn't have before. I liked him. He was genuinely fun. Sometimes, I mean, look, nobody's perfect. Sometimes he laughed a little bit too much in the background during Tell Him Steve Dave when I was trying to get a very important point across. But uh, I would say more often than not, he added to this to the show than than took away. That's for sure. One time on the the podcast, he had told this story about seeing an angel, and it was my belief that uh, he did not see an angel. That if anybody in their real life had seen an angel. I don't know how they would care about things such as toys anymore. Uh, I mean, once you've seen an angel and you have evidence that God exists and, you know, that, that there's an afterlife and everything like that, that maybe things like a creature from the Black Lagoon toy wouldn't matter as much. And so I dismissed him. I dismissed the whole notion of Rob Bruce having seen an angel one day, quite publicly, I might add. I think I just said he just wanted to be on the podcast. But that was early in my relationship with Rob. Having known him for years after that, I I would like to um, publicly correct myself and say that if there was anybody on this planet we call Earth that would have seen an actual angel and then got up the next day and went to a toy store to get the latest wave of Star Wars toys or, you know, whatever Rob was into the next day, it was absolutely Rob Bruce. Uh, So I want to retract what I said originally and say, Rob... I now believe that you saw an angel, and if there's any justice in this universe, you and that angel are up in heaven right now, kicking back, talking about toys. That's what I choose to believe, and I hope you believe it too. So there you go, an official retraction years later, and now I leave you 
with the boys from Tell Him Steve Dave and Comic Book Men to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, rappers. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Tell Him Steve Dave, a Tell Him Steve Dave tribute to Robert Bruce, the man, the legend. I'm here with Walt and I am here with Brian Nichelle of uh, Comic Book Men, producer, showrunner, extraordinaire, all the fucking credits. <laughs> And uh, we just wanted to talk about Rob a little bit, have some remembrances. Uh, Rob passed away recently. I'm not sure what the exact date was. Right before Christmas, was it? I think it was after Christmas. It was a little bit after Christmas. Yeah. And uh, we would be remiss, as they say, if we weren't to talk about a guy who figured so prominently into our lives for a long time. He was around. Yeah, he was a fixture in Red Bank. And if you were around Red Bank – for the last 30 years, I mean, you had to come across him, run into him. He was, uh, you know, he was definitely one of the uh, guys you would just see seemingly every day. He was a character. Well, he lived in town, so he was able to walk around town. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why people, like, nobody knows me in my neighborhood because there's, no. <laughs> there, there's not like this little central area where everybody walks around. Like, I, I've lived in my place for over three years now. I still don't know the neighbors' names. We wave, <laughs> but I don't know anybody, you know? I want to walk down the street. Nobody would know my name. Uh, so, Rob Bruce used to have a store in Red Bank called uh, Groove Spot, was it? Yeah, Mama Street. Now, did you used to go to that? Uh, the very first time I ever met Robert was at the Groove Spot. You know, um, I don't know if the circumstances of, of why I walked in, but um, I just happened to walk in maybe because something in the window drew my eye. And I remember he was working and his kids, uh, you know, Josh and Frankie, who were very young at that point, I mean, super young, uh, were in the store as well. And I remember got, you know, I had a, a feeling of like, and he was, and you know, and I, and I know that like, you know, this wasn't always everybody's first um, impressions of the man when they met him. But I remember like he was super nice and like, he was like, hey, if you need anything, I got everything. Let me know. Right, and my impressions are, well, that's a nice little family who's a little family-run little store. But I mean, and never thinking there that I would, uh, you know, work with the guy in a television show a couple years decades later, later, you'd still be involved with the guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, My first impression of Robert was that he was a total. (laughs) And I'll tell you why, because and this is the only time I've ever been like, what a jerk off. Because then I grew to like the dude. But when we first opened the the first stash on Broad Street. Oh no! It was also or Mama, Mama, Mama Street. Yeah. Sorry, Mama Street down the down the street from the, where the groove spot was. Uh, he came in and he was obnoxious and he was arrogant and he was brash, and he told me in no uncertain terms that he would be getting twenty percent off all bags and boards because <laughs> his previous deal with with Steve Dave, who Kevin bought the store from, uh, that was that was the deal, and I was like, I don't know you. Guy, like I don't know you. He was so angry at me. <laughs> he stormed out of the store, and it wasn't for another like couple weeks that he came back in, and he was like a little bit more, uh, a little bit more mellow. And so we started talking, and then I didn't mind him. Right. And and all those things I just said about him were the the obnoxiousness and the arrogance and all that shit. That was to the end. He was always that guy, but somehow he was still likable. Yeah, I know. You know to most yeah. people. I mean, there's a. I mean, you know, people are asking me online, and I'm sure are wondering, like, how come no Mike? How come no Ming here today? Um, Ming, we asked to be involved, but he had a, a an engagement in New Orleans, 
And Mike, I just felt like, you know, if this pod's going to be about Rob Bruce, if Mike is here, then it's all about like Mike having to explain about the incident where, you know, where he got punched by, by Robert. <laughs> and uh, then it becomes, you know, Mike having to deflect and try to maintain a, a, a stance that I didn't hate the guy. Right. And, and, you know, so that's, those are the reasons why. Yeah. But like my personal dealings with Robert, there weren't that many where I could look back on that were memorable or, but he was always nice to me. And I never really had any kind of like distaste for the guy. As, and I know, but a lot of people couldn't say that they were working on comic men. A lot of people could could say that you know they generally liked him, but also realized that like man, he could get under some fucking some people's skin. Tom Mum comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> Super fucking smart guy, though, man. Like. Um, I I I question if he wasn't in the uh, high upper 140s as well in that IQ. You think he could have been? Maybe, We've come maybe. across a lot of fucking geniuses. A lot it? of self-proclaimed <laughs> geniuses. Yeah, we've never seen any paperwork on any of these guys. <laughs> but sometimes they can back it up with like, like fuck. How did you know that? Yeah, yeah. And so quickly, like one of the most. Imp- it sounds so fucking stupid, but one of the most impressive things that Rob Bruce busted out of nowhere was we were talking about. I can't remember what the product was, but it like somehow it got on camera. Yes, and somehow oh, yeah. it got to I the card, the cardboard of yeah. of it all. And he knew about cardboard being produced at a certain place <laughs> at a certain time. And I'm like, <laughs> he's just saying it too fast to make it up. He must know it. <laughs> and like, who the fuck would know this? And that is that's like a get him type yeah. behavior, you know. What about you, Bry? Uh, I mean, I think you have some real. Um, nice memories uh, of Robert and how helpful he was to you, right? I do. Uh, I I have to say that I loved Rob. You know, I really loved him. He he was a part of my life uh, for six years during Comic Book Man. I saw him every day when we were shooting the show. I saw him after hours. Um, our families would get together, hang out on the beach in Ocean Grove. They'd come over and we would eat together. Our kids would play together. Our wives were very fond of each other because they were both kind of wacky, which was great. Um, and from the minute I, I met Rob, I really liked him, okay? I, I, it's funny because a lot of the things that made him um, repellent to <laughs> some people and, and many people on my staff at Comic Book Men were very often the same things that made me really, really like him and admire him. Um, he was, uh, a classic New Jersey character. And I've said it before on Tales with you guys. I love a character, you know, and he was, I mean, I, I saw, I don't go online much, but I saw some, you know, uh, postings about his uniqueness and all that, but he really did have a brilliant mind. And I, I think the biggest thing that I, I could add to this conversation about Rob away from, you know, my, my personal feelings about him, which are all positive, um, is how valuable he was to the actual show, Comic Book Men. Uh, from the minute I saw the sizzle reel, everybody in the office was saying, well, if we're going to move forward with this series, uh, we need this guy. You know, he's the way in. He, he has an encyclopedic knowledge of all this stuff. So um, when I got the show... Um, I knew we had to bring him on as a producer, and and so we had him in the office, so he served a dual role. He was on camera, and everyone loved him for that, and then he was in the office, and I um, 
I ad- ad- admitted then and I'll admit now that I didn't know shit about the stuff we were talking about. You know, you guys know. I, I knew my 70s you know, TV pop culture and some toys <laughs> and stuff. And I and I flat out said to Rob, I need you. You know, I know how to make a TV show. I know how to build out characters and storylines. But I need you to keep this legit. Right. So every day we would look at um, casting sheets from people who had stuff to buy or sell. And. And Rob would be kind of the gatekeeper, and I would yell things out to him in the office. Hey, Rob, does anybody care about blah, blah, blah? And he would say, no, stay away from that, you know? Um, And of course, you guys too, you know, but I wasn't going to bother the talent with my, you know, inane questions day in and day out, so. You're lucky we would have had you fired. Oh, I know. (laughs) Step away from your free haircuts and your cappuccinos. Uh, I cannot overstate how valuable he was to me. And when we started doing, especially like celebrity A stories, when we started getting people in the shop, like say Ralph Macchio, I would say Rob, what would Ralph Macchio possibly be looking for? And he's like, well, there are three Karate Kid play sets. Two of them are pretty easy to get, but one of them is pretty rare because it's got the referee and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, find me that. I'm going to run that by Macchio. And lo and behold, when I finally speak to Macchio himself, I tell him about the sets and he's like, no kidding. I've been looking for that third set. Oh, so Robert was correct, huh? Robert was absolutely correct. And I was like, well, we have one. He's like, get the fuck out of here. You have this. I'm like, we have the set. And I ran the storyline through him. You'll come in. You're looking for it. You heard you guys may may have it. You can get some rare items. And and that's how it played out. And, you know, that is one where, like, the Ralph Macchio visit was made so much better because Rob knew what a guy like Macchio might be looking for. The guy who may have everything. And turns out he was 100% correct, and it and it made it a great day. And we'll talk more about the Machio visit when we do tales about that episode. <laughs> um, but you know, similar with you know with Marky Ramon when Marky Ramon visited, um, you know, and and it was like the 50s robots and the drum heads, whatever it was. And for many of these, Rob, I needed Rob with me when I when I was like, okay, I'm going to go talk to you know so and so, Peter Mayhew, whoever it was. I need you standing by my side so I don't sound like an idiot. And when they start bringing things up that I may not know, you can chime in and dazzle them with your, you know, with your knowledge. So day to day, uh, Rob was really my right hand man. And, you know, Bri's right. I, I had to talk to many of the staff at times. You know, my number two, who we've talked about, your personal masseuse, Walt, Eric Duncan, uh, <laughs> he and Rob, like we, the three of us were in the office together. And, and it was really like the three of us kicking around ideas quite often. And and Rob and and Eric was very uh, impatient with Rob's idiosyncrasies, <laughs> which I loved. Okay, um, and so I a few times had to pull Eric aside and say, "Dude, Robert is you know twenty some odd years older than you. You can't talk to him like a child. You can't scold him like you would a twenty year old PA. Like I get you. I, I get. I got Rob and I got my boy Eric Duncan, and." And I had to, you know, sort of correct that behavior because I knew Rob had lived a life before comic book men. For a lot of the staff coming in, I mean, we had like 24-year-old people coming in. And now they're sitting in an office with Robert Bruce. They're used to sitting in offices with other 25-year-old people, (laughs) right? But now they're with Robert fucking Bruce, okay, who was a punk rocker, was a Wall Street guy, you know, has been sober for – 30 years or whatever after having lived a mad life, you know, before these kids were born and they didn't know what to do with him. And 
we would do fun games in the office where I'd be like, Rob, give these kids some rock trivia. And, you know, and he'd tell them about, you know, the, the Ramones or he'd tell them about the early days of punk in New York and educate them. I mean, and, and ultimately people like, you know, you guys remember Banana Man? Yeah. You know, uh, um, uh, uh, Keith Haskell. Who was, you know, he, who, for those who don't know who Banana Man is, who, who, he was what to the show again? He was a segment producer and I had him kind of heading up some of our A stories. And so I had him partnered up with Rob Bruce. They, they were teamed up a lot, you know, and, and I spoke to Keith, you know, a bunch of the, a bunch of the staff had been reaching out to me after news of Rob's death came out, mm-hmm. texting me like, holy shit, I can't believe it. And I went back and forth with, with Banana Man and, you know, we were talking about the the trip he took with Rob out to Long Island to Mike Esposito's widow. Yeah. You remember that? Yes. Mike Esposito, the artist. And it was one of the like seminal moments in Banana Man's life, driving out to this little house on Long Island to the widow of a famous anchor. anchor. And the stories of Rob going in and sizing it up and the woman uh insisting that she make them sandwiches and 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 Keith described them as disgusting mayonnaise sandwiches <laughs> and, and and but Rob looked at him and said oh no we have to stay it would be impolite if we didn't stay for the sandwiches <laughs> um and they sat and ate and came back with just hilarious stories which probably could have been a sitcom you know it, it, all by itself with with Keith and Rob driving out to Long Island but then Keith and Rob got close and Keith was probably again you know 20 30 years younger than Rob and they ended up you know Keith's like yeah we would get up at 4 in the morning and I would go to Collingwood with him and he would show me and my girlfriend the ropes and and he would get out of the car and puff his chest out and, <laughs> you know and I too took those those early morning trips you know what I mean Rob's motto of you know if the sun's up you're already late was so true cuz he was out scouting for the best stuff um, and so these are kids that were exposed to Rob Bruce uh, in the course of making our show, whose lives were made better, you know, whose whose characters were made richer by knowing a guy like Rob. And you know, Rob was is, is 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 two things. You know, he he was a character, but he also had character. You know, and, I, and I'm sure there's people out there who can say Rob ripped me off, Rob overcharged, whatever. <laughs> I worked with him closely for six years, and and sometimes it's different when you're the boss. You know, you hear a lot of things. Well, I say I, I think Robert was extremely lucky that you were the boss. Extremely lucky. Um, he was he was more than qualified to do the job, but just alone on the amount of uh, of people he would get into arguments with, it was unreal. <laughs> you were his fucking. You were truly like the like his best guardian thing. angel. Yeah, because. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of incidents, and uh, like I said, like he, yeah, you were a good, you were a very good friend to him, and uh, you know, put, helped him out along the way to uh, make to put out those fires that erupted once in a while on set, number, not even on set or in the office yeah. or whatever. I mean, the the sheer number of arguments he got into with people when we used to play poker, <laughs> like we, you know, once a week, everybody, the crew would get together, we'd play poker, and there were probably like five different tables. Not once did I sit at Rob Bruce's table. But almost universally, there was shouting, there was arguing. There was one time where I really thought that he and uh, Brian O'Halloran were going to fist yeah, fight. Yeah, I heard about I that. I really thought they were going to fist fight because uh, uh, I think Rob lost a hand and he accused uh, Brian O'Halloran's girlfriend of like feeding O'Halloran signs and signals. <laughs> 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 right. well, it was so fucking you know, funny. I would ask him like, you know, because <laughs> after a poker event that went – that have that was pretty testy, and everybody was like, everybody was really annoyed at him and pissed off at him. I remember just me and him talking like outside on the bench before we're getting ready to shoot a 
a scene. And I'd be like, like, why do you do that? Like, and he's just like, I'm doing it because I want to win. He goes, I'm, I'm, that's my strategy. If they're pissed off, I'm going to win that game. He goes, and, right. and sometimes that actually worked because they, people would be so furious that he would, he took the big pot home. And to him, that was his strategy was to get everybody off their game. Everybody fucking so pissed off. Dude, people disliked him so much playing poker that there was a there was a weekly bounty for Rob Bruce. If you got if you took Rob Bruce out, you would get an extra fifty bucks. <laughs> yes, I remember all of that. I I never played in the poker games. Me neither. Um, but I would revel in the stories yes. every Wednesday morning about this, and I thought it was so funny that Rob was able to get under everyone's skin the way he did, and I believe you that that was part of his strategy. Um, and I think that even for people that we know that had a distaste for his personality and the way he was, maybe in hindsight, they'll look back at those moments and say, you know what? The world was a more interesting place. Those games were more interesting because Rob was there, right? uh, because he was a character and because I don't think there'll ever be another Rob Bruce. He is a one in a trillion person and and I love a person like that, you know, and I, and I think that there are, and this is no disrespect to anybody, but I, I, I think that you could divide the world, our little world anyway, into two kinds of people, those that got Rob Bruce and those that didn't get Rob Bruce. Yeah, that is 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. And that's oh, it. Oh, man, yeah, you just laid it all right out there so eloquently and perfect. And, 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 and I would try to talk to those people yeah. who weren't, who, who didn't, uh, didn't get, get him, it. and I would be like, how come this how come this annoys you so much? Like the big fish story. Right. He would come in every day and say, like, I found uh, this little rubber doll for 30 cents. I just sold it for $3,000. He'd leave the store <laughs> and two people in particular were besides themselves. So angry. And I would be like, he is not telling that story to get under your skin. He's telling that story for him mm-hmm. in a way. And that endeared me a little bit to him because I was like, it's harmless. Yes. It's so it's harmless. harmless. And no, and uh, the people I tried to explain it to just never could see – he wasn't telling that story to like put them in a way in – in a position to be like – It's like don't take it so fucking personally, yeah, bro. <laughs> I know. And, and he's it was not, maddening at times. And, he, and he's not <laughs> doing it to, to be a braggart either. No. I, 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 he truly got joy from it. And it was an it was like a guy on Wall Street saying, "Holy shit! I just did whatever, whatever with these stocks, and I made myself a cool ten million dollars." Rob would legitimately go buy something for twenty five cents, sell it on eBay for sixty bucks, and that was equivalent to whatever that you know hedge fund guy made. And who wouldn't feel good about that? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It was a legitimate accomplishment. I'm not. I'm not even so sure that every story was true, but. I mean, there's it, no way to know now, but I I know where I'd put my money. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I just could never get understand the the um the way it set off people and just made them so angry. Where I was just like, can't you see? Maybe he just needs to tell that story for himself. Coming into a situation, you know, and I I never could get that connect. I never could drive it home. I was to the people that I was talking to, like, ease up, chill the fuck out. Right. Yeah. It Who cares it if doesn't... you fucking if, – if it's true, what do you care? If it's not true, what do you care? Right. Yeah, either way. Either <laughs> way. It's just matter? like let the guy have it. <laughs> Look, I think that what, 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 I, what I hope I'm, I'm saying is that I think in, in hindsight, 
hopefully people come to appreciate what you just said that for better or for worse, their lives were made more interesting. Their experiences were made more interesting. You know, I think, I think that Rob is someone who wore his, is it humanity? Is it humanness? He wore his humanness on his sleeve. You know, we're all fucked up and flawed. But some people keep that in check when they're around people, you know? <laughs> I don't think Rob was embarrassed by his his quirks or his flaws or what he was. I think he knew what he was. He lived a life and he, and he wore it on his sleeve. And if you didn't get it, you didn't get it. But if you got it, you know, you loved yeah. him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I will miss him. Man, I will miss him. I, we Our relationship stayed strong. I sent him a text the Monday, you know, before we found out a picture that I sent you, Walt, of yeah. the new poster my son got, a vintage, um, the invisible uh, melting no, the, man. The incredible poster. melting incredible. man. Incredible. 1977. Beautiful uh, vintage poster he got. And of course, I took a picture of it and I sent it to you, Walt, and I sent it to Rob. And I'm like, check this out. And I didn't hear back. Which Were was you like, fuck you, Rob Bruce? No, I, I, I actually, I'm not going to say, oh, I was worried. I knew something was up. But it was weird. I thought, okay, the guy's busy because normally it's right back. I mean, that's the shit I would do if I'd be at a flea market or an antique shop and I'd text him a lunchbox and say, hey, dude, they want 60 for this. Should I get it? And it's like, boom, right back. Okay. Well, that's a credit to your character, though. Um, a lot of people who, who would have come into that position, that job that you had, they see Rob as what can I get? from him to help me on my job but you stayed in contact with him after the show was canceled you legitimately cared about him and you know you were truly his friend though i mean i after the comic book man was canceled i have a little bit of guilt okay. um regarding rob bruce um you know talking about what happened you know he got banned from the store right because of the thing and i didn't talk to robert out of some form of misplaced loyalty i was like I just like I would see him in town and I didn't stop to talk to him and if I saw him down the street you know I was like oh fuck I don't, I don't want anyone to deal with this I just crossed the street because of what happened and it was almost a year after that incident that I did run into him and I was talking to him and I realized I was like dude why the fuck am I like, acting like wait, this wait he's not the asshole the other guy's <laughs> the asshole <laughs> why like why like he was so nice to me um, the, the first two seconds it was in a 7-Eleven the first two seconds he's like I, I found this and uh, flipped it for three, for $300 <laughs> I mean immediately of course and, and it was right back to I was like I'm not mad at this guy right I'm not mad at this guy and thankfully you know um, the last time I saw him was like I had, I reached out to him and I needed um these se- these uh, two sets of 70s uh, TV, handheld TVs. I don't know if you remember these well, things. You asked me for his number so you could ask him about yeah, those. Yeah, and I reached out to him and I was like, hey, do you happen to have these two things? It was for the opening of Let's All Go Toho the Movies. <laughs> I wanted to shoot this opening where we, me and Jeff had these handheld TVs. So I reached out to him I was like, you, and I sent him a picture and he was like, yeah, come on down. And, uh, you know, and um, I have some. So I went down and I met him there and we had a real nice conversation and we were laughing and there was no like, there was no tension that I had put into my head that there would be because of the incident. Which, cause so for, so there is a little bit of guilt that I like, like I said, that of like mis fucking spent misplaced loyalty. I didn't talk to the guy for a year. Now I don't wouldn't have I don't know how many times I would have talked to him in that year, but 
Well, it was bad from the stash, so unless you saw him on the street, chances were unlikely you'd talk to him. Yeah, so there was, like I said, so there was, thankfully, though, there was that, you know, I did see him and did talk to him, and that doesn't make me feel as guilty as I do feel because he was nice to me and he didn't, like, he wasn't aware that I was even, like, had some sort of, like, (laughs) some some sort of thing where I was like, well, I, I really can't talk to the guy. Like, did I think he was wrong in what he did? Like, yeah, that's not the way you handle things. But do I also realize maybe he was pushed, pushed to a point that like he – Do you also think it's funny? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's like – it's what are you, you going to do? I mean, th- people uh, – here's, here's something that people may not know, you know, about Rob. Rob was um, – it bothered him. People's, people who harbored ill feelings toward Rob, it kind of bothered him, all right? He was pretty sensitive. And there was one day in particular at the stash – I don't know if you guys will remember this, where things blew up with him and Mike, and it may have been the day that one threw a pencil at the other or something, but it was just, just a, like the kind of fight that 10-year-old boys have, yeah. right? Yeah. And and Rob stormed out. He, he, he screamed, and he was you know kind of ranting and stormed out, and I went after him on the street, and I found him in front of the, the, Chase, the Chase Bank that used to be there across the street, or maybe it's still there, and, and, um, and he was crying, you know? And, and I gave him a hug and I hugged him. I'm like, talk to me, man. And he, he through his tears, was saying, I don't know what he has against me. I don't know what I ever did to deserve that. You know, this guy fucking hates me and I don't know why. I have nothing against him. I don't know why. Yeah, I like, do. But, but, but it, no, no, <laughs> I, but I can tell you. Him, and I'm sure Mike has his reasons. <laughs> yeah, but the I mean, point is. People just, it, like, some people just don't get along and that's okay. Yeah. And, and we saw that and we, we had fun with it. Yeah. Uh, throughout the show, um, but it did, it did, uh, it did bother him, and and it, and in not an angry, um, you know, uh, crazy way, but I think it it confused him that level of of animosity that that he had to endure, kind of on a daily basis. And I'm not pointing fingers either way. I had great times with Mike on set, mm-hmm. and great times with Rob on set. Um, I never did get the, you know, wrestling match in a, in a tub of jello between the two that I wanted to get done. <laughs> and I guess we'll have to just, we can only wonder from, from here on out. What's this, a spot on a memorial episode? Uh, yeah, sorry. It is. Commerce must proceed. And uh, if I knew Rob Bruce like I think I knew Rob Bruce, he would be very happy that we were turning a dollar because he was a man who liked to turn a dollar. And he's also a man. Who I imagine loved MeUndies, just like everybody does. I mean, come on. Are you still trying to make plans for the summer? Are you booked and busy already? Wait, what? Hold on. You've got pool days, pride parades, bachelor parties, and beach vacations waiting for you. It's a lot, but thankfully MeUndies wants you to make this summer the most comfortable one that you'll never forget. Because when you're living your best life, the last thing you want to do is worry about butt sweat. Come on, that's pretty true. I don't worry about butt sweat. Want to know why? Because I wear MeUndies every day. I have so many MeUndies. If I were to model all my MeUndies, it could probably take. It could probably be a uh, like a daily calendar. Like word a day, Brian MeUndies a day. How would you like that? Uh, when you're comfy and feeling good, you're more present to enjoy all of your summer plans. It's like science or something. MeUndies has the lightest and most breathable fabrics to help keep cool and comfortable whenever, wherever you go. From undies, bralettes, oh yeah, bralettes, and socks to loungewear and swimwear, you can find something for all your plans. MeUndies also releases new prints all the time, like their limited edition Pride collection. You can match with your partner, friends, or even your dog. 
Find your ultimate summer confidence sizes from extra small to 4XL. And MeUndies has a great offer for listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off. And for a limited time, if you sign up for their free to join MeUndies membership, you get 25% off your... You get 25% off your first membership item. So to get 15% off your first order, 25% off your membership item, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. That's 100%. It doesn't get more than that. Forget all these sports guys that are like, we gave it 110%, man. 100%. That's the max. And that's what MeUndies goes to. MeUndies goes to the max. You can use that if you want MeUndies. That's pretty cool. Uh, so go to MeUndies.com slash T-E-S-D. That's MeUndies.com slash T-E-S-D. Um. You want to know something interesting uh, that I thought of last night, and then I and then I looked up the episode. Um, Sizzle reel aside, which which featured Rob Bruce heavily, and I and I'd say was, um, you know, besides having Kevin Smith and stuff and Jamie Hughes and you guys in it, was one of the things the network liked so much about. It. I w- I watched his uh, I watched his uh, what's it called his the pilot perf- his take at the Sizzle reel. Yeah, I watched it. I was sitting right there, and right. I remember seeing the reaction of the guy who was filming it. I don't know who, if you remember who filmed it. A young guy. Uh, I don't remember, I don't, but uh, I remember his reaction to like because he asked Robert to show him his tattoos because he had the Alfred E. Newman, right? Like, uh, like um, what was that dude from Kung Fu Kane? Yeah, I remember like he had the tattoo right here and he had a tattoo right here. One uh, on his forearms. If I'm, I know you can't see what I'm talking about. Anybody listening? But on his forearms, he had an Alfred E. Newman normal face. On his left arm and on his right arm, I believe he had the Alfred E. Newman skull. And so he asked him to explain it on camera. And when he explained it on camera, the guy f- filming it fucking did a little dance and was like – he knew that like we found something amazing right here. Got this guy is going to be – This guy's crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so that was true. OK. So sizzle reel aside, which he crushed on. He was fucking yeah. amazing on that sizzle reel. OK. That aside, Comic Book Man episode one features Rob Bruce. Okay, it's the calling. It's the Collingwood episode. So Rob Bruce is featured heavily in that episode, and then ninety-five episodes later, the what we what we didn't know at the time was going to be our last episode, right? Um, uh, the uh, pop goes the stash where you guys get your Funko pops. Oh, I know what you're gonna say yeah. Rob was featured very heavily. So the conceit of that episode was okay, and in real life, not on the show, but in real life. We got this deal with Funko where you guys were going to have Funkos made and Kevin would be out there and you guys would all go to uh, Washington State to get your Funkos. But Walt doesn't fly, as everyone knows. Um, So we had to come up with a story for, you know, have some fun at the stash while the shenanigans in Washington were going on. Everett, 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 Washington. And so I said, hey, what if Rob Bruce, remember this? I said, what if Rob Bruce works the stash? He finally gets a shot. At wearing the staff T-shirt, and he gets to walk work alongside El Negotiator, the great Walter Flanagan, and Rob was in his glory as I was pitching this out to him. And he works at the shop with you. He does two or three transactions, really nice stuff. He's wearing the staff shirt, and you you put you put the trainee you know trainee fun, fun employee <laughs> pin on which was fantastic um and he and he does great in the episode and i have to tell you that camera's not rolling rob was truly honored he kept telling me i can't believe i'm going to get to wear the shirt <laughs> and do transactions on that side of the counter he was truly honored and and when i told him rob i'm going to watch you with the podcast 
to sit around the table with Kevin and talk about this, he was beside himself. Uh-huh. He was genuinely touched, and I mean welled up, talking about that that we were allowing him to sit around that that podcast table with Kevin and you guys. And I watched it late last night, and the final sign-off from the final episode of Comic Book Men features Rob giving his name alongside you and Kevin and wow. Mike and Ming. Well, you're not the only one who recognized that. I got two emails from listeners of Tell Him Steve Dave after Robert, Robert had passed, and they mentioned how important Comic Book Men was. It, you know, one of the, you know, the emails states that it, it's what led them to listen to Tell Him Steve Dave, but they thought it was so uh, amazing that uh, the very first episode of Comic Book Men we introduced Robert and I say to the table, he's a guy I always wanted to get into the stash. I always wanted to get this guy, but he's kind of lone wolf operative. You know, he's not a team player, Leo, and uh, not in a bad way, but like, you know, and uh, and then in the last episode, that connective tissue, he does come work for us. So they felt like it was a planned um, narrative that was built and they we knew that like, and I, yes and I, I planned it and i was yeah i was like and i wrote back as i asked him wonderful i said no it wasn't planned i said but it is kind of sweet though that um that you recognize that and uh you know and that, that that was something that you know was meaningful to this particular person who emailed in they thought it was sweet uh i'm glad that uh that that some of the fans caught that mm-hmm. you know uh, because it is, in hindsight, sometimes you're doing something at the time and you don't know what its significance will be. We didn't know that was going to be the last episode, and we certainly didn't know Rob was going to die long before his time. Um, but it was so bittersweet to see that last night and uh, um, and just, uh, you know, the little behind the scenes about that. I just wanted to share that that was not lost on him at the time. He couldn't, uh, he couldn't ex- express how meaningful that was to him enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he really did. You know, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get there behind. I'm gonna wear the shirt. With <laughs> uh, it was a great moment, and it all came flooding back to me when I saw that last episode. Um, how important the show was to him, and he was always for the show. It was never for his ego. And we would spend many many nights and days and lunches talking about the items, and he was always prepared. Look, was was he off base sometimes? Were his facts and figures wrong sometimes? Of course. Look at the <laughs> volume of items that came in and out of that place during right. the course of ninety six episodes. You know, I'm, I'm, I would never nickel and dime his input and and nitpick it that way. Overall. I will say um, unequivocally, I could not have pulled off Comic Book Men in the way I did without Robert Bruce's help, both on camera and off camera. He was an essential producer, possibly, probably, most likely the most essential producer I had. Unreplaceable, you know? He was unreplaceable. Anybody else, sorry to say, myself included, (laughs) could have been replaced. Uh, But I will say that. I know there's other people who will fight me on that, but, but, you know, I worked the intricacies of that show personally <laughs> and um and i had specific um uh boxes i need to ch- i needed to check for the network and 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 just for the whole arc of every ep- uh season and and he helped me he was intimately involved with it and he was uh an indispensable part of that and so uh, i just want that to go on the record you know i know he 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 could brag and talk and people say oh he's a producer or whatever yeah, yeah he was he was fucking 100% legit a big part of producing that show. That annoyed certain people. It did. And that's why I'm saying it. <laughs> and that's why I'm saying it. So, so, um, uh, um, 
uh, just so emphatically. Okay, it, it, there's no there's no debate for it. You know, the, the when when a network gives you four or five million dollars and says make us sixteen episodes, uh, win or lose, it falls on the shoulders of the showrunner, right? So my reputation, my stake, my ability uh, to feed my family was based on on the success or failure of that show while we were doing it. And those were the stakes for me. And Robert understood that. And I would tell him time and time again, I need you to make me look good. Like, let's pull this off together. I can't do it without you. I don't know shit. I need your help. And we did it together. And it can't be argued. You know, I know what it was like to make that show, you know, in the field and in post. And even through post. Rob would help me, you know, come up with those graphics and the facts and figures about the, you know, the items that would mm-hmm. come up and stuff. So, um, that's, that, that's for the record. And that's, it's, it's inarguable. One of my favorite Rob Bruce moments was, um, how wholeheartedly he bought into when we went out looking for the Jersey devil. Oh yeah. And he dressed up like the Jersey devil. Yeah, I mean, he looked amazing. He looked great and he had so much fun doing it. Like he was one, he's one of those guys. Like you could ask him to do something. He'll make sure he'll do it. Yes. Like you didn't have to fucking beg or cajole or offer him anything else. It's just like he was, he was a team guy. We, we said it before on, you know, uh, on, on, on our tales podcast that this was the dream job for RB and he, oh, yeah. he reveled in it. And he understood how special it was that the stars aligned to have this job that he was perfect for. He had a place to go and a whole new group of people. Like I said, he's hanging out with 25 year olds and he's, you know, and and he's just, he's keeping up and it was, it was just great. And we laughed at him. We laughed with him, but that was the perfect (laughs) job for him at, you know, at the perfect time. And I don't know if he was, uh, listen, I don't know. He seemed like, how could he ever be happier? Well, yeah, I mean, like for when it, when the show got canceled, I imagine for him it was uh, like me and Mike went back to our real jobs. Kevin Smith wasn't going to be would move on to his next project. You know, Bry. What was I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I thought I was going to be on TV forever. Yeah, so you know, Robert had to go. You know, it was like probably was a bit um, disappointing to um, to have that end. Be you know, and have to. Go back to like you know, shuck like really making, making the uh, the rounds, the hustling, the, the yeah, hustle, yeah. and the, like. I would tell people too, people that I would be like, "Why are you so fucking hard on this guy? Look at this, man. He, his existence is like if he doesn't, he has to find shit weekly to, to meet his nut, whatever he has to pay." That's fucking pressure, man. Can you imagine it never that kind ends. of pressure? It never – no. You've got to go to a flea market and find something to move so you can pay, keep the lights on or you, you have could to hope, put food on the table. You have to hope that somebody has no idea what they have. <laughs> <laughs> you can get it. Turn it around and sell it to somebody else who's like, oh my god, I can't believe you have this. That's a lot All of pressure. All the time. Right? Yeah. I mean, and when you go there and there's just nothing there to like, you know, and then you're like, you got to wait another week to make sh- to go back. It's, I don't know, it, it was it was difficult at times to like to uh, talk to people uh, and just make them see uh, him in a different light. They just didn't want to hear shit. No. They just didn't want to hear it. Rob, Rob Bruce, I'll, I'll say this every. Single time I saw him in town up until like I saw him probably a week before all this happened. You did, huh? I was at the Red Bank Diner and uh, he came in. I guess he was a staple at the Red Bank Diner. He used to go, you know, down by the uh, post office. Oh, shit. Okay. There's yeah. a tiny little diner yeah. there now. Is that still open? Yep. Okay. Yeah. And just like every other time he would stop 
and he'd ask about Sage, how she was doing, how's her school going. Really? Yeah, he was he was very genuine in that way, like where he would ask about, you know, if Mary Beth wasn't there, oh, how's Mary Beth doing? How's like and not in a way of people like, oh, okay, you know, really what they want to do is talk about themselves. He was he seemed to be genuinely interested in like especially Sage, how she was doing. That, that always Yeah. You that, know, that endeared that, him to me. That is true, you know, because um, up until very recently, I would get a random text from him that would say, how's mom? Because he knew my mom wasn't doing well the last couple of years. And he knew all about my dad. My dad was a collector when he's young, so I was always taking pictures. I probably sent some to you all, too, mm-hmm. of all the shit I've been finding in my parents' basement. Um, and so he knew about my parents. And he knew their health issues. And, and that's true, Bri. You know, he would just randomly sometimes say, how's mom? Yeah. And maybe he met her one one time down in you know in Ocean Grove. Um he he had character. Listen, I, I mean the last time I saw Rob Bruce was at at Mello's funeral out in Hempstead. So Mello, for those of you who don't know, um Shamello was our production manager for all the seasons of Comic Book Man and he was a you know a dear 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 friend to us all. Um and and when Mello died suddenly, um you know Rob took several trains to get out to Hempstead, Long Island. And this was like middle of COVID. This was, there wasn't a vaccine, you know? So everybody who went was like, okay, you're not supposed to be crowding in small rooms and not supposed to be on public transportation. Rob did all of that to get down to this funeral. Um, and that just showed his character. You know, he, he was a character and he had character and it's the kind of thing that if you just look at, Rob's, you know, brashness and the fun people have with, you know, tearing him down, you're going to miss that. But like Brian says, he, he, if you were in his world and he knew that you had love for him and he knew your family, uh, it wasn't bullshit. You know, he was thinking about that and he saw you and said, how's this one? How's that one? And the fact that he came to that funeral in Hempstead in the middle of this pandemic was such a, a sign of character and made everybody feel so, so good about it. Um, and, um, you know, what, what more can I say? You know, that's, that's what says a lot about people. I wouldn't focus on any of the petty bullshit. You know what I mean? And I'm sure those two had their battles when it came to poker, uh, as well. You know what I mean? Well, he battled yeah. with most people at yeah. poker. Yeah. You know, I could, yeah, it's weird. Cause like, I can honestly say, I, um, I never, ever saw that side of of like me dealing with him one on one never never had a, never had an issue with him never was never had an argument with him uh, he was always just nice to me so i mean I, I i generally liked the guy i really didn't know him that well though i don't really have any like where we went out and did things together like you know memories of us doing right. anything together i mean he was always in town though you know and yeah always, he was always around he was always, always around but yeah but i don't yeah i didn't street. have like any like you know, anything that we just did, me and him together, but, you know, like I said, I, I was always, uh, you know, he seemed to always be friendly and and happy. Uh, he had a smile when he came in to see me talk about, he liked basketball too. You know, I remember always talking about the Knicks and I'd be always like, Rob, I don't follow basketball. I talk about football. I talk about football or hockey. Mm. Well, you got to, uh, you got to go to his house though. Remember when we went to his, uh, I don't think I did that. You weren't at that Silence of the Lambs basement? No, I think that was you and Ming. Yeah, it was you oh, and Ming. Oh, it was just us two? Yes. Oh, I could have. Why would you not be there? Because it was too small, probably? I don't remember why, but I think it was just you and Ming. It was definitely of like dungeon-esque <laughs> proportions. It was fucked up looking how much stuff was in this little like, uh, this little basement. 
immortalized on the sizzle reel. Yeah. Which yeah. is, which is, I think on YouTube, probably illegally, but it's on there. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. He was always like, you would ask like, well, how are your kids doing? And there was, there was not a fucking prouder dad out there. I mean, holy shit. Like, I don't think I've yours cumulatively talked this good about me as just one conversation <laughs> with Rob Bruce. So fucking proud of, uh, Josh doing the, um, the animation, the animation yeah, stuff, yeah. and Frankie about to graduate high school, and, uh, and and you look at these little. I'm like, this fucking Frankie. This little kid was at the birthday party, like in the like. Yeah. He's so yeah, small. Yeah. Time gets away from you. That's it really funny. does. The, the, the last text I got from Rob was uh, was you want to feel old? Frankie just got into Penn State. Wow, he's yeah. in Penn State. Yeah. Hopefully, not Good the football him. program. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, well, well, yeah, well Sandusky's <laughs> gone. Long gone. You know what? Sandusky's. I think he died in jail, or is I he still? I think he's dead. Yeah. Did he is die he? in jail? Did someone kill him in jail? Oh, I don't know. I think you're thinking of Jeffrey Dahmer. No, no, no. I don't think you know what we're talking about. <laughs> or or about. Jared. <laughs> <laughs> there was a big scandal at the Penn State football team a couple oh, years I'm ago. I'm not that. I know about that. <laughs> but I don't remember the guy getting shanked in prison. So, yeah, nice. I don't know. He really? was a real old fucking... Pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't imagine that he would last long in prison if they allowed him to be in general. Well, they're like, you know, they're like, I like football, but I also don't like pedophilia. Child rape, but football. Yeah, nope. I'll give a guy a pass. <laughs> he's still out there. Hey, nice pun. Uh, 77 years old. Wow, he's still, still, out he's still in jail. Still out there playing slip and slide in the showers in prison. <laughs> <laughs> Leading a youth program. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, proud of those boys. Um uh, uh, you know, they, they were friends with my kids, uh, all those summers and, uh, and that was, you know, and also, and also, you know, Zapsig's kids and Seiji. I mean, that was, we've talked about on the show before as well, yeah. you know, those kids that grew up on the set at comic book, man, you know, they'll, they'll always have that bond and they were, um, immune to all the other bullshit. You know what I mean? The Zapsig kids and the Bruce kids didn't know they were the Hatfields and McCoys. They, they didn't know they were supposed to play together, you know, they all hung out together. It was, it was, it was a, a wonderful time. Um, and Rob, Rob reveled in it, you know? Yeah. When I read, um, you know, when I, uh, some, I think it was you all that texted me. Yeah. And, uh, so I went online and I was looking, there was one article from like a local paper, but there was one from the New York post and it said like, it said something like reality star, Robert Bruce, mm -hmm. you know, dead, whatever. Um, and I was like, God damn, he would love that being called a reality star. <laughs> like, if he were here to see this, he would really love that. Oh, yes. But he was. Well, in a world was. where, like, if you're in a porn, you're a porn star. If, right. you're, if you're in a reality show, you're a reality star. Right. Rob Bruce legitimately, like, earned his, uh, earned his status, I think, as a reality star. He, he did indeed. It's, you know, if you were a fan of CBM, Rob was a star. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, God, I got to tell you, man, I, it's, I, I have, I have unfortunately lost a lot of friends at young ages, <clears throat> um, you know, teenagers, twenties, thirties, Rob was, uh, I didn't even know, but I guess 62. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know how old yeah, he was Yeah, I didn't either. And, and, and that even feels like, wow, we just lost a young man who had so much more to to do and, and to give to the world. So, I, I mean, I'm really trying to avoid um, eulogizing Rob. I guess this is some sort of, you know, sort of comedic uh, eulogy we're doing, but I, I don't want to get too heavy about it. But, um, you know, we're sitting here talking about him and, you know, fuck, man, 
it's it's a loss and it's it's that thing that he he was such a very specific person that it's not like you know you lost a buddy you play bowl you you went bowling with and now you're going to find a new guy hey we need another guy for the team <laughs> you know you you really can't i mean walt you're just going to get all of my fucking stupid questions when i'm at flea markets now oh uh-huh. yeah bring them on you know uh, and when i get them uh, instead of you know i'll i'll look at well, with like well he doesn't have robert now as a to ask Thank you. so I'll I'll take him on and try to I won't be as good as Robert. I mean, uh, unless you're sending me comics, because mm. Robert knew everything. Not only everything. comics, he knew mm. toys, bottle caps, uh, buttons. I mean, like all that shit. I would need to look up uh, comics. I kind of have a, a, a I could kind of look at and give you a, a good idea what its value is. But Robert knew everything in terms of the world of collecting. If there's one thing Rob Bruce did, it was eat green. The man was a vegan. I never saw him eating any crap, just all good, fresh stuff. So he would have appreciated Green Chef. Well, Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. Don't ask me what CCOF means. Just Google it. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, like Rob Bruce, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Now you can choose from all 24 recipes weekly with the option to mix and match from meals from different preferences. Oh, my God. Vegan one day, keto the next. Vegan one day, paleo the next if you want, if you really want to be a hypocrite. Uh, Time-saving recipes packed with fresh produce and vibrant flavors to help you make the most out of those long summer days. Green Chef saves you time by cutting down on weekly meal planning, prepping, and grocery shopping. That's what Mary Beth likes. She's extremely lazy. So when it comes to somebody else doing the work for her, she's all for it. Uh, exciting and delicious meals support a healthy lifestyle. Green Chef keeps meal times interesting without sacrificing taste. Green Chef's expert chefs curate every recipe so you can enjoy restaurant-quality dishes at home without compromising flavor. And with seasonal produce, premium proteins, and, inner, and organic ingredients you can trust, Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. Uh, I eat Green Chef because we buy it and they send it to us and Mary Beth likes it. The pre-portion stuff is what she likes. She likes – and who would it? I mean, come on. Maybe I'm being a little bit too hard on her. But she likes the uh, pre-portion stuff so she can just dump it in a pot and mix it up. And next thing you go, you got pesto parmesan chicken. Uh, it saves a lot of time. And how do green chefs offer – offerings fit my diet or lifestyle? I mean, I don't know. I can't answer that question, honestly. Green chef, I'm sorry. My wife cooks. I don't, so – you're going to have to ask her. And the recipes, though, are flavorful and easy to follow. That much I know. I saw the paper that it came with. It is very easy to follow. So go to greenchef.com slash TESD135 and use code TESD135 to get $135 off across five boxes and your first box will ship for free. So go to greenchef.com slash TESD135 and use code TESD135 to get $135 off across five boxes and get your first and your first box ships free and realize that uh rob bruce would have wanted you to do this you know what i forgot to show you guys i took my flannel off because it was getting a little hot but i'm wearing a pin an actual campaign button 
from uh, the Teddy Roosevelt Fairbanks um, uh, campaign from 1905, I think, that Robert gave me as a gift because he knew that I was a big fan of Teddy Roosevelt and he was one of the few people who I could sit down with and talk about Roosevelt and politics and history. And so just out of nowhere, he found it at a flea market one day and <clears throat> and gave me this uh, valuable or maybe not so valuable campaign button from, valuable. from 1915, but it is valuable. And um, I'm wearing it proudly on my shirt today. You know, earlier in the show, I was talking about how like Robert would quiz people on like old rock and that kind of stuff. Yeah. When I went into the production office, it was quite the opposite with Nichelle, who would quiz people on Teddy Roosevelt <laughs> and all this old political shit nobody knows or cares about. He's like, did you know another thing about him? <laughs> well, see, if, if that shit was included on Comic Book Man, I would have had more to offer. Yeah. Instead, we talk about fucking Steve Austin and uh, George Perez. <laughs> Yeah, that's more of a uh, of a Pawn Stars, I think, type. Like Teddy Roosevelt, you would have fit in there with, uh, yes, with yes. Pawn Stars. But with us, yeah, nobody cared about Yeah, Teddy yeah, I was Roosevelt. definitely more qualified uh, to be on Pawn Stars than Comic Book Man. What else you got about old Rob Bruce in your notes? Anything? Uh, what else I got about Rob on the notes? Uh, you know, I didn't I, – I think we ran through most of the things I wanted to to highlight about Rob. and And like I said, I thought – for the most part, um, what I would have to add is that he was indeed an invaluable producer on the Comic Book Men show. Do you, do you know how many episodes he actually appeared in? You know, I, it, one of the articles I read listed that. I'm like, who the fuck sat down and counted? <laughs> I mean, you could do it. It's a lot. I mean, you know, he was he was a part of behind the scenes of every single episode i can right. assure you that yeah how many he appeared on i would say a lot <laughs> you right. know what i mean yeah. i mean especially the hour episodes um you know season one we used him a lot uh i think but um you know there's no way you could not you know you you could watch any season of comic book men and come away knowing who rob bruce is and forming an opinion of him somehow you know so he was in a lot of episodes now i'm sure you won't um you won't you won't say any different, but because this is a, a, a tribute to Robert. But I felt that when on camera, me and him had a little bit of chemistry. I felt that like you know, like whereas other people, if you put them in the scene, if like if it was somebody else and not me, like I would always lean towards like like well, he would negotiate it with somebody, and I'd be like, dude, man, you're the fucking you're a beast master. You you got you're you're like impressive. <laughs> like you're like a tiger. Yes. You know, remember like and I believe that was how you 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 would connect with him. You would get more out of him rather than like on camera like, you know, belittling him or trying to like <laughs> yeah. or, or trying to bust his nuts, you yeah. know. I would go the opposite way and be because because you know, because I thought it was it was funny that I would be that like overpowered by his uh the way he handled himself yes in his action yeah you know oh yeah you know we we definitely i mean there's i can even picture season one where it was just like you were basically turned on yeah right you were absolutely turned on like oh geez i need a cigarette yeah watching him negotiate and tear somebody apart and break them down and destroy what they thought was a million dollar book right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, he, he definitely he was there were many times when he when he was telling somebody their shit was worthless. So he was very flippant about it. it was right. Like this. <laughs> I, oh, I loved it. I mean, I fucking loved it. I really did because again, he he wasn't. 
I don't believe he was putting on a show and I don't believe he was saying that to these people to try to break them down, but he was just a reality check for a lot of people, you know, and I think he, he reveled in it. Sure. He knew he knew more than most people. Um, but I don't think it was ever malicious is really what no. I'm trying to say. And like you said, he, a, a true character because like we, I knew him before, you know, the, the show began and uh, his first transaction, he comes in, he's wearing a corduroy jacket with, with uh, patches. elbow patches. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I'm just like, why are you dressed like that? I mean, he never dressed like that. You know, <laughs> he had this idea in his head of how like how he should be on TV, you know, like he should dress up for it, which is, which in a way is, is, is a little bit charming. Indeed. Yeah. Well, he was a visiting expert. You know, and then the court, the corduroy, you know, jacket with the patches was sort of balanced by the dreadlock. You know what I mean? So it was, it created this very interesting persona. I mean, shit, man. Do you remember we used to say that he was like, um, oh, who's the bus driver from The Simpsons? Oh, Otto? Otto. He was like Otto because he'd come, pull, you know, pulling into the parking lot with the station wagon, with the surfboard hanging out, with fucking <laughs> metal cranked, you know? And it was just like, my God, who is this person, you know? And that's what I mean. I don't know if you can argue that the world was a more interesting place with Rob Bruce in it. And it's kind of a cliche. People say that bullshit all right, the time exactly. when some fucking idiot dies. But, but this is true, you know? And when people die – those who knew them and even those who didn't, they try to create some kind of mythology around that person, right? And they try to sort of rewrite that person's history or their relationship with that person. But I don't think that – Well, I've seen that. You know, <laughs> but, but but I don't think we need to do that with Rob. Like you, we don't need to do anything to pump up Rob's um, memory or the way – we are intending to remember him or our relationships with him. Like, right. you know, like I said, I didn't really know him that well. I was friendly with him. He always had a kind word for me. I never had an argument with him, but other than that, I really didn't really know the man all that well. I didn't you know. And, but I, I was on friendly terms with him yeah. all the time. You had, I think had a much more um, connection with him because of you worked so closely with him for all those years. Yeah, we did. Leaning we, on yeah. him for and his knowledge and everything. Yeah. Yeah, we but we you know, we we just we bonded. I don't want to, you know, we bonded. We had things in common, interest in history. Um we we both were sober for, you know, 20 plus years or so. Um so, you know, when everyone else was drinking, we weren't drinking, you weren't drinking either while, you know. Um no. so um yeah, we just we just we got we got each other, you know. We got him. I I I really like to, you know, I don't want to keep beating that, but, um, uh, you know, that, that to me guys was, you know, w when you asked me to do this, I thought, you know, a lot of people are saying a lot of stuff. Uh, the one thing I can say is what I've been saying is that he was invaluable to that show. And, mm -hmm. and what's great for the family, um, you know, is that they can always look back. You can see him in those episodes and what you see is what you get. If you want to know what Rob was like, I don't know what he was like as a husband or a father, <laughs> but if you want to know what he was like as a dude you ran into and met and maybe had, you know, had a cup of coffee with, I feel like that guy is on the show. And like I said before, I mean, that the testament to your affection for him is he lasted he lasted in that job where I think he may not have lasted with, 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 another. with a less forgiving showrunner. <laughs> oh, believe me, there were there were several people who 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 
asked me flat out. And you know what? And I can identify with that because you know there there's been people that I've that I've hired that I'm like you know that like that make other people rip their hair out. I think I may know who you're talking about. <laughs> you know, no, I'm, I'm talking about our resident, our resident genius. Though he he yeah. could, yes. he has an ability yeah. uh, uh, to make other people rip their hair out. But I was like, I don't care. Yeah. I like the guy. I feel like um, I there's nothing he could do that would make me be like he's out of he's out of here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess there is. There's but, probably a couple things. <laughs> a couple things. <laughs> certainly not like you know, certainly not pressing someone else's buttons though. Same thing, you know. You you, you get you put up you with it. Them. Like if you're friends and you're truly friends, you overlook it, and that's the bottom line. That's what friends do. Bottom line is, uh, if you met him, you probably will never forget him. That you know what, Walt. That may be the most profound uh, and true statement that's been uttered at this table. That is true, and that is the mark of a true character. You know, that is. Uh, look, I, I ask myself. Can you look back and say that your life had been made better or worse by having Rob Bruce in it? Um, And I don't know. I don't even know if people who count him as someone that they don't like could say their life was made worse by knowing him. It was probably made more interesting. I mean, unless he swindled you out of millions of dollars or, you know, <laughs> killed your cat, maybe he made your life worse. But if you're going to say your life was made worse because some of his personality traits annoyed you and because he was kind of a shit talker and would, you know, would kick up dust here and there, um, did it make your life worse or did it just make your life more interesting and give you more funny tales to tell around a campfire one day, you know? Um, I will say uh, without question that knowing Rob Bruce made me uh, a smarter person, a better person, a more um, understanding person and broadened my scope of knowledge about many things. And um, just the sheer fact of knowing him made me feel better about you know, life and the possibilities of life and loss and redemption. Um, I, I got to know a bunch of his story and his story is a good one. You know, his story is a story of a human being who is different, who you can't put into a box, who has lived many lives, wore many hats, but definitely, as you say, Walt, left an impression on everybody who came into his world, you know, and at the end of the day, if we can say that about anybody and ourselves, then I think it was, you know, a life worth living. We don't know how long we have on this planet, and we don't know how long the people who are in our orbit are going to be with us. Exactly. You know, and if there's, you know, I'm sure every time you hear about someone passing, now you wonder, you know, should I go write some, mend some fences? You before? can't help but think of yourself. <laughs> right, yeah, but... Yeah, should I do different? Yeah. Should I do something differently? Should I should I patch up these fucking meaningless uh, wars and shit? Yeah, I, I hear you. You 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 tend to reflect like that, um, but I'm glad you're able to find some time. I know you're 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 you've been dealing with your mom being ill, but I I knew you had to be here for this one. Uh, not to this not to this is not in a way to insult Ming, but like like if I knew that you were you needed to be here more than even Ming because. Uh, you truly had some some real uh, affection for the man that like nobody else could bring you know like i liked them but you genuinely like you said you start out you said you loved them yeah and that's and that's true <laughs>
not. That's not funny. I, I know. Why are you teaching like a ten-year-old boy? It's just funny. I love you too. You know, I'll say it right here. I love you, Brian Johnson. I love you, Walt Flanagan. Oh, I love you too. You both. You're a big part of my life. And let me say it now, because who knows? One of you may get hit by a fucking bus when you leave here. Uh, come on. Strip mall. We don't take the bus. <laughs> no, but all in all, serious. No, like yeah, because uh, I mean. You filled about fucking forty five minutes of uh, of this of tribute, hour, which, was, yeah. which we needed. <laughs> we needed. We needed some real, real good, positive Rob Bruce content for our tribute. And uh, I don't know if Bry had it had forty five minutes in him. Yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, that, and that's not to say any. That's not like I said. We just didn't have the the relationship that. Um, Brian and right, Robert yeah, like had. such a close working yeah. relationship. Yeah, like I've known the guy. I mean, technically, then since nineteen ninety seven. Right. Um, you know, other people. You know, if I'm doing uh, tributes in the future, it all depended on who it is. I'm sure I'll be able to offer a little bit more. Yeah, um, I, 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 guys, I, I really, I'm glad I could make it here. I appreciate Definitely. you having me in on this. It's helping me with my own process of like letting this sink in. Um, this has been this has been great for me to do. Great for me to see you guys and get some normalcy. You know, as you said, it's been a little you know a little nutty with my mom's health right now, so I was able to get a break and come out here. Um, I I I did one thing. I I did one little search of the internet before I left the house. Um, I know how close Rob felt to his roots, his Scottish roots of being a. Somehow a direct descendant of Robert, Robert Bruce. Robert Bruce, oh yeah. Um, which Laura uh, Bruce confirmed for me when I spoke to her the other day. Um, and I, I just, I just wanted to see, man, what did Ro- what did Robert the Bruce ever say uh, that could be applied uh, to the loss of our Robert the Bruce? And I, and I found this one. Is this now Robert the Bruce is a historical real figure who <laughs> what, he fought wars. He was the, I guess, the ruler of Scotland under William he was Wallace. Like Braveheart, yeah, yeah. yeah he oh, was, so he he was in some. He was fighting. Yeah, he was like the liberator of Scotland in a in a skirt, but like a fucking a man's man who wore a skirt. Yeah, he was like, a king. Not of like today. Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> right. He was a man's man. And uh, and I found one one little little quote from him that I thought I thought nice. our Robert the Bruce would like to hear. Okay. And it goes like this: When under the sweetness of peace, the minds of the faithful find rest. Robert the Bruce. Heavy, right? It's nice to go out on. And, you know, I want to, I'm sure Brian as well. I mean, we want to appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed this tribute to Rob Bruce. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. Thank you, guys. We're going to miss you, buddy. Yeah. Find rest, my friend. He's up there right now, probably making a deal. Taking somebody. <laughs> We're lying about it. <laughs> <laughs>